Thank you. What's up? Thank you for listening and watching Bootleg Like Jazz. Uh, I'm your host, Q. Um, and hey, this is February 29th, 2020. You know what that means? Leap Day. We're the only digital show bringing you content on Leap Day. Fuck with your boy. Today on the show, we got the amazing Lupe Mendez. What's and up, everybody? We're at Cuchada, just saying what's up to the lovely and amazing Anna. Um, one day we're gonna get her on camera, um, but she's a busy woman doing her thing. Thank you, Cuchada. Uh, check out Cuchada. When I come here, I love the tamarind margarita. Um, I typically do not do fancy mixed drinks, but at Cuchada, we do it big. That's right. Uh, but today on the show, we're gonna talk to uh, Lupe Mendez. He is the author of Why I Am uh, Like Tequila. Um, he, congratulations to him because he just won the, oh, the I Robertson I keep I keep Book of First Poetry. Big woo 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 woo. <laughs> Shout out to him for that. Uh, you know what? I know. I agree. I'm done listening to me. Lupe, welcome. What's up, man? Thanks for having me on. This is good stuff, man. <laughs> Uh, Big shout out to your amazing wife and your child yeah, thank as you, well. Man. Thank you, man. Um, Big Jasmine things, man. What's up, man? Yo, it's like uh, I wasn't expecting it. Um, so to start off with that, man, like congratulations. Three, two, weeks, two weeks ago, I've been sitting on this two weeks. Thank you. Um, the head of the Texas Institute for Letters, Caranta Foya, former Texas State Poet Laureate, former San Antonio Poet Laureate, calls me and says, are you sitting down? And I'm like... Did somebody die? Oh, like, so she's that's like, how she sitting? started she it. She started it. She was like, "Hey, what? actually, it was an email." She was like, "I need you to call me," and was like, "Oh shit, something broke. I that fucked it, up." Yeah, I know. That's like, that's. It's like when that's your mom you yells at you. It's like one of the. So I was like, so I called her, and she was like, "Oh, it's so good to hear from you. Are you sitting down?" I was like, "No." She was like, "You might want to sit down." And I was like, oh, "Somebody in the writing community in Texas has cancer," and I, was uh, like, I know. And I right? was like, "Well, what?" She's like, "So." We found the finalists for the prize. And I was like, what prize? I'm a finalist? Oh, oh, the book prize. Oh, she's like, and so we're just calling to let you know that why I am like tequila won. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm a finalist. She's like, no, no, no. Your book won the award. I was like, what? So, like, that took a minute to set in. And then right away she was like, but you can't say anything until we put the press release out. What, what was going through your mind? I was, I was like, well, it must have been... I, I was self-deprecating and never, like, I don't believe my own hype, which is okay. Um, but my first thought was, oh, it must have only been, like, four books. Or it was, like, five books. Uh, maybe they felt sorry for me. I literally thought, because I had also sent a postcard, because you have to mail the books to the judges. And I was like, I put postcards in the little, you know, to, like, in the middle of each book. And I was like, it was postcards that did it. They liked the postcards. But, no, I'd later find out that it was, like, a, a lot of writers turned in their first books and so I was like oh I'm both shocked and then impressed with the work that the judges have done my thanks to the judges uh, and the Texas Institute of Letters and so uh, it's good stuff it's good stuff my first thought was 
this can't be real. They're going to call me later and say, oh, we made a mistake or I don't know. But so far, so good. It's awesome. Uh, <laughs> we do a reading at the end of March for it. They're going to give me uh, a check and a steak. There's a bag. There's a bag. Yo, there's a, a bag. A steak oh, there's a bag. How do you hope to like use this Leverage this wise, simply put, it gives me the opportunity to have the book out for a little longer. Um, because we're now at the end of February, uh, coming into May, it'll be a year that the book's out. So I want to actually, I was have, I had already planned of having uh, a final blowout reading for the book back home in Galveston for May 5th. Um, and now I'm, now I, because of the award, I, I get to keep the book out a little longer and uh, hopefully garner a few other readings that I wasn't able to do with the first year of the book. Um, and then just have it out just a little longer and uh, have it marinate with folks. Yeah. So yeah. So Why I'm like tequila? I, um, How'd you come up with that idea? So, funny part. Um, uh, Gotta get you a copy. Where can people uh, you get You can a copy? order a copy if you go to uh, Willow Lit uh, Books uh, online. You can check them out, uh, willow.net. Um, the book's there. Or you can just Google the book title, or you can go to my website, thepoetmendez.org. Big, huge cover. And you just click on it, and it'll send you to the, to the order page. Um... Because my family is from the state of Jalisco, and uh, if you've anybody's ever drank Don Julio, uh, that is made in my hometown. Uh, my family has lived in the region for centuries, and uh, and Jalisco is in yeah, Mexico. For those who don't Mexico, know, for those who don't know, uh, it, uh, Guadalajara, which is the the second largest city in the country, uh, is larger than New York. So and it's historic. I didn't know that. It's ancient. What? It's, yo, it's we got it. We got it. Um, but the region is the roots run deep. So diverse. Like the 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 state itself, you have um, jungle terrain, mountainous terrain, uh, lots of marshland, lots of growth. Jungle and, terrain, and, really. Yo, like the forests. It's like rain, not exactly rainforesty, but very much like um, think of like. West Coast, like forests of that regard, minus okay. the redwoods. But Min okay, yeah, but yeah. Tons of pines, tons of, of land, and and the soil is so rich. Uh, anything grown that is labeled as tequila comes from the state. The only space where you can get tequila from. But so learning and understanding um, how the process works, um, I had always learned the concept that. Having taught for so long as well uh, as an educator, I used to teach science. And it's the concept. How right? many years like, were you in the classroom? Uh, 19 years. This is my uh, 20th year not in the classroom. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, so we can talk about 19 that. 19 years? Yeah, 19 years in the classroom. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I'm now. That, bro. Teacher development is now the, Listen, the name of the game. Mad respect. <laughs> Bullet Like Jazz celebrates, uh, supports, and stands with teachers. Mad respect. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. That's real, kid. Um, Man, damn, that's so real. In teaching science, I had learned that like the cells in the body completely reproduce the whole body, replace themselves after seven years. And the same concept with tequila. It takes seven years to grow the agave, the maguey that grows into the big, huge plant that's then dissected and cut up, and you pull the root out, which is the size of a massive-ass beach 
baseball. I heard a random woman tell me there were health benefits to drinking tequila. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like straight tequila. Straight. Pulque. Like that's that's the original source drink of what this stuff was. Uh, the indigenous version of what would eventually be distilled later into tequila comes from pulque. It's a traditional drink. Um, and so when you take the root, you dissect it, you boil it, you you take it apart, you cut up all the blades that are on it, uh, all of it, and it eventually is uh, an astringent of it, an astringent of it is the tequila, and then mezcal, and then you have pulque, like all these sources, right? So in that, yeah. it's the idea that when we are boiled and pressured and prodded and heated, when are we our most refined, right? And if it takes a while to get to that point, things ebb and flow in life. Like you are a high point. I'm not here no more. Just let me have a show. <laughs> but it's all that concept, right? And so as I was developing the concept of the book, that's what stood out for me. And it, it, it's also the other side of it that I joke and was like, why I am like tequila is, has nothing to do with the drink part. Like, I think I mentioned what, like the title poem makes a mention of drinking it. And then it's a slap in the face because it's like, stop drinking it as a shot. You selfish shit because it's a slow sip liquor. You don't all of them. All of them. You don't ever shoot like you. So who? So whose idea was it to shoot it? Um, white folks. Where are we at? Where are we at? Texas. Thank you. Okay. Spaces white folks. Then peoples. Because it's real fast and ain't nobody paying attention to how it's <laughs> first time my cousins and I got together in Mexico to like because my cousins kinda like wanted to like take a bottle and like do shots and my grandfather saw us. Wait. He just got up and he was like He slapped He slapped the shit out of three. Oh of us. damn. And he was like, it takes seven years. You don't know how long it takes to make this. Don't disrespect That's real. Don't that's disrespect real the process. That's real. And I was like That's real. Oh, so sip. It's a sipping drink. Can you sip from your book and read, yes. Su- read yes, a yes, piece? Yes. Uh, yeah, you like that, huh? Sip from like your that. book. I like that. Ooh, wee. <laughs> Shit, a dang on, bang on, shine. Ow. Uh, I'm going to do. This is Lupe Mendez. Go check him out. A uh, recent uh, poetry book winner. Um, also, um, he has some uh, readings and great events coming up. Um, check him out online, Lupe Mendez. Why I am like tequila. Uh, this uh, is he's about to read a piece for us. We chilling here at Cuchada. Uh, Go ahead, not too far away, actually. Uh, back home in Galveston, uh, my G town. Uh, this is a poem by my mom and stuff she did. Driving by the old state theater on Amaz's 79th birthday. She is now 84. She damn near snaps her neck. Eyes stick to the fachada of an old movie house bear, gutted white inside. She smiles, looks, says, I know why you such a brutal mija, mijo. Unfolds an old memory back in 58. Downtown Galveston had signs. Big, stark, white, black letter signs colored here, colored there. Nothing para invisible Mexicanos. Unknown, unless you make a mistake. Dangle you in a tree branch late at night. The rent lady tells me to be careful at night. Used to babysit Anita and her pigtails, a nursing school hustle, a barter. Anita had a friend. Ama goes on. Beautiful, plump, black, small, Olivia. 
Mama loves to teach the girls how to cook on Saturdays. Pancakes, eggs, eat warm syrup with a spoon, buy them dolls, watch them struggle with times tables, and takes them to the movie house. In front, it had signs, big, stark, white, black letter signs, no colored here in the building. Mijo, I am a bruta then, now. I love Galveston Island winters, a reason to hide the girls in my peacoat. Pay the janitor, sneak them through the back door. Their hands warm, sticky from sweet maple. Their heads unaware of hate. Their eyes, their skins are the same in the dark. Wow. My, uh, my mom used to tell me that. Go uh, ahead. Before DSEG, I would ask her, like, what did the island D-seg, look like? What's DSEG? Uh, before desegregation, right? So before spaces Technically, were- we've been always in- integrated. Right, right, right. right okay, right. technically. Malcolm uh, X, right? Right. Go listen to him. Technically, we were always integrated. And before spaces became- "Quote unquote desegregated," the the spaces everybody was used to the concept of you know where individuals could go and what doors right. could whatever, and my mother didn't give a shit. My mother, um, real ballsy. I used to. In my 20s, I used to be like, Mom, very much trying to be as woke as possible. Uh, I asked my mom in my late 20s, I was like, Mom, where, like, what were you doing politically to, like, do shit when you were in your 30s and when you were younger? She was like, Mijo, I graduated in 1955 out of the Rio Grande Valley, moved to become a nursing aide, became a nurse in the late 50s in Galveston in a time when there were rarely Mexican or black or Filipino. Filipino nurses. I was being a nurse that was active enough. And I'm like, so it's this idea that her being in, you know, having a job, have doing the showing work, up to do showing the work, up and do the work, being like present and, and, and looking at the, the dynamics and the percentages. That was true. There weren't uh, the late fifties, early sixties was the beginning of a licensed vocational nurse, nursing license in Texas. Um, so there were not that many black or Mexican nurses anywhere. And so knowing so, that so, concept so. growing up, um, my mom would say that she would notice that buses, you know, people sat in the back uh, and that she would constantly, she she lived in this lady's house, rented a room, and instead of paying money, she would just babysit. And so the little girl that she babysat had a friend that lived two streets over. Uh, and those two streets were the division between the Mexican side of town and the black side of town. And But Olivia would always come over and the girls would do homework and the girls would eat food. And when they would get on the bus to go to the movies, people would try to say that Olivia had to sit in the back and my mom would stand up and say no. I ask a lot of people this question. Do you think desegregation was a good thing? You know, I the whole bill, the whole law, I, the whole I think fight, the, the protest. I think the, the, Should we have done that? I think the process to ask, the process to enforce, the process to request and demand structural changes for the idea of equality and equity are important. I think 
that the concept of vigilance is the thing that people need to be more obsessed with. I think that there's a part at which people are struggling, 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 fighting, 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 fighting. And then when you think you've gotten what you think you've wanted, somebody's always in the back trying to retool that shit to still keep your hand, keep a, a foot on the neck. And I think, yes, there are the pluses that are necessary to make sure that everybody's learning from everybody. DSEG is important in that regard. But I think what's turned out is there's always been this sidestep plan to then change that concept so that it still becomes a segregated idea, right? Mm. Um, so, case in point, the mm-hmm. next book project I'm working on talks about the desegregation. Man, look at you. Yeah. I'm working on a book project on the desegregation of Houston, the history of desegregation in Houston, which occurred in 1970. And uh, that's like, what, 50 years ago? That That's, I am 43. I was born in 76. So six years before I was born is when Houston deseg. That's about 50 years ago. It's yeah. 2020 now. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> conceptually. How do you not, like, <laughs> when you think about these numbers, though, no, it's scary how do you, how do you say, scary well, shit. that was a long time ago. Nope. Uh, Here's you why. You guys had enough time. Uh, Here's, it, it does, it's too far away to affect. It's fit. That's like, that's really one generation. Yeah. If you count generations, it's 40 years. So studying the history of it, it's a perfect example of a white system pitting two uh, marginalized groups against each other. Uh, when they when HISD desegregate, and I work for the district. When at the time the district was my, entirely white, um, there had been rumors and calls for us that some of the members of the board were card carrying members of the KKK. Yeah, I believe it. Uh, at the at the time, um, they created a desegregation program where they were busing kids in elementary. They picked twelve quote unquote black schools and twelve quote unquote white schools, um, and then they would pair them and they would bus a certain number of kids from one school to the other school and a certain number of kids from that school to the other school. Um, But what the reality of it was is there were no real white schools in the mix. All the quote unquote white schools were brown schools. Hmm. And so they were using both communities to check a box for a national thing that was supposed to be occurring across the country. And Mexican families deployed it for two reasons. And that's the of part course. that I'm looking at is they were pissed that so you're not going to include any white kids but you're going to use us as scapegoats and guinea pigs for this shit and then you also had a poor a population of Mexicans that were like well we don't want to go to school with black kids like that level of right. racism is real that level of prejudice is real but it was there were lots of individuals that were like okay but wait this is still not equitable because where the fuck are we in this mix all of the schools that were paired sat outside of 610 and that's what the district wanted so now you're pitting two communities that were already fighting that's, one another spring klein every woodlands but you were pitting Cyprus, you were pitting Cy- these two communities Cyprus against area. one another and then they stopped busing kids so now you're having little kids black and brown kids from kinder to high school 
walking into each other's neighborhoods in a time where both communities were at each other's throats for basic necessities, for jobs, for food. This this brings up, a, this is election season, right? The primary, Texas right. primary, right? Like I told you, February 29th, you know, March 3rd. Do you think that voting in presidential elections matters? I think voting... Think I should just only vote in local and state elections? I or does presidential elections matter? I think we need to vote across every platform and in every way. Um, Who's we? Those of us with the ability to vote. So... Um, Communities of color have a long-standing history of not voting for local elections and only voting for presidential. Um, we need to be as informed as possible to know bond elections, school board elections, your neighborhood, like we don't have aldermen down here. That that's a northern concept, but like aldermen, uh, the individuals who are in charge of like whole blocks and neighborhoods, they call aldermen. Those are aldermen in, in like Chicago and different. I've heard states. that name before, but we don't have that set of organizational practices here. But because this is the South, right? Mobilizing and unionizing is is a northern concept that bombed out here because it's still a system that's like 20, 30 years behind what should actually be ways that we organize to better things for community. In that regard, sure. we individually, uh, our own houses, uh, our own neighborhoods, we need to be more mobilized and more conscious of what a voting block can do and be informed and continually informing one another about particular issues as they're coming up, right? Um, again, it goes back to the idea of vigilance, right? Like, okay, I voted for the president. I'm done. No, the fuck you're not. Like, we, you still have your municipal state Stuff. You still have city council elections. You still have your uh, um, friggin' your constables, your judges, your school board. Like, all of this shit matters, right? Hell, even if you live in a neighborhood where you have an HOA, shit, you better know what, they, what rules they're making in your neighborhood. So you definitely are talking about... Voting consistently. Voting consistently, being uh, uh, a, an active member of community and, and citizenship because these are things that are both rights and in some cases privileges because not other, there, this is not always the thing that is occurring in every other space across the world, right? So... To, to falter on that, to not use that, is playing into the hands of those individuals who want to keep you down, who don't want you to vote, but who want you to keep buying all the things and looking at all the shows. For sure. And and that's the shit that, that is part of this conversation. And so, Can you read another piece? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Once again, thank you for watching and listening to Bootleg Like Jazz. Subscribe. Hit that red button or whatever color that button is. Turn on the notifications. We got the amazing Lupe Mendez here with us on the show. Thank you and shout out to Kuchada Restaurant here in Houston, Texas for letting us film here. Um, the Sandy Speaks for Sandra Bland at the first anniversary of her death. Mi abuela dice... 
que cuando muere un cuerpo they do not end in closed lips they breathe last in the breeze one that covers you at the panteón right when you pass a puño de tierra al cruzar el ataúd but now next to this roble I wonder if this summer breeze is you Sandra a constant current that walks past the road past the oak into the tall grass into the pines twined between the branches of sunlight the waves of moths that flutter float in an evening field breathe into me lady another song caress my forehead comfort my fever with a cool I want to place roses for you light a thousand candles bright enough to carry me into the past I'll take your place the news channels will ignore me no one covers it when a Mexican hangs in Texas it's enough I think to keep you off that road let me be woke wake me up enough to embrace your air it is the space where I know you are you are now a whirlwind a strolling body in every respiro a gust that breaks a voice box let me shout your name a sore throat footprints in me one that I will never forget eso yeah Wrapping up, where can people find you online again? Uh, you go to my website, uh, thepoetmendez.org. I'm all over Twitter at thepoetmendez. Uh, I have an Instagram at elupis, uh, E-L-L-U-P-I-S. Uh, I'm uh, the Houston uh, Literary Outreach Coordinator for Poets and Writers, Inc. Uh, so that's on Twitter as Big well. Big moves, boss I'm, moves. I'm all over the place. So uh, I'll probably see you soon. And uh, thank you got any events up. coming up? Any um, readings? Anything like I that? I will actually be, uh, so I'll be in San Antonio this next week for um, go AWP. Go buy this. We forgot to tell you again. Uh, go, go buy, buy that book. Um, AWP for uh, the uh, American Writers and Writing Programs uh, Conference. And so there's a ton of readings. I'm going to post those online. So that's what's up. Subscribe. Turn on notifications. This is Bootleg Light Jazz. I'm your, I'm your host, Q. We're out. Thank <laughs> you.